0: Welcome to the Talk Show for Talkers from irishtalkers.com Welcome to part two of the Talk Show for Talkers here on irishtalkers.com this week. As I promised you at the outset, we have a world championship speech for you. Now this is not a winning speech, but Paul has asked me actually not to tell him. this speech did because we're going to have a little discussion on it after the well after we listen to the speech so let's just do that
1: Kim Kaufman the sound the sound Kim Kaufman Can you hear that? Tick, tick, tick. Well, maybe you can and maybe you can't. But tick, tick, tick is the sound of our lives. It's the sound of opportunity and regret. And how it plays out, well, that's largely up to us. Contest chair, friends, and especially Our timer. Does tick, tick, tick represent time counting up or time counting down? As a kid, life for me was all about counting down. Eight weeks till summer vacation, one hour to grandma's, five more minutes, I won't be grounded anymore. At age nine, I remember wishing the days would fly by so my birthday would arrive. But shortly after it did, I learned the clock is a fickle friend and time is not a guarantee. I was hit by a car. I could feel my breath escaping my lungs. You see, up until then, I thought, I would live forever. I would would climb Mount Everest, blast off to the moon, and learn to roller skate, uh, in that order. And then those dreams nearly ended, and I realized the value of every tick, tick, tick. Thankfully, I survived. Literally, I was given more time I wanted to make full use of it. So as I grew and the clock continued to tick, I chose a career that allowed me to climb mountains and to soar across the sky to exotic places like Vancouver. (laughs) That's right. I became a television reporter. (laughs) A job where every minute matters. But wait. I had to interrupt my regularly scheduled life for some breaking news. I fell in love with a guy named Andy. He knew about my obsession with time, and I knew he was the guy for me. When he finally proposed, I thought, well, (laughs) it's about time. (laughs) We got married. And my life went into overdrive. I worked long hours at the television station. Nights, weekends, holidays. And commuted two hours a day. By the time I got home, my TV face, gone. I'd spent every last ounce of cheer on an unseen audience of strangers, and Andy, the audience I cared most about, I had no time for him. Have you ever found yourself grasping for time, your life so packed that the hours don't matter, the days don't matter, and pretty soon the people in your life feel they don't matter? That's the problem with time. You never know if you're going to have too much of it or too little. And even though it's your time, occasionally someone else can give you perspective. It was a slow news day. The TV station sent me to interview Archie, a real firecracker who just turned 100. As his daughter brought out the birthday cake, I marveled at the number of candles on it. That thing looked like a frosted inferno. When Archie saw my microphone, his face lit up. He said, you know, for 99 years, no one cared much what I had to say. Now that I'm 100, everyone thinks I'm fat. Fascinating. Then he looked at the cake. As the smoke drifted away, I saw the perfect illustration of time passing me by. Watching Archie surrounded, not by presence, but by people, I realized I'd been keeping my clock wound so tight for fear of losing time. It was slipping away with those I cherish. I had to reevaluate my priorities. Maybe we all do. I mean, we're a diverse group, but each day, all of us have the same number of tick, tick, ticks. As a TV reporter... It was my job to talk to people about their lives. And do you know what most told me? It's not about the time I spent working. It's about the time I spent living and loving. Today, my greatest joy is being with Andy and people who make my life rich and full. When's the last time you took just one minute to let those in your life know they truly matter. The reality is, with each passing year, life gets more precious, the people in it more valuable. What does the sound of a clock mean to you? Time is a fickle friend, but... Listen closely, and you'll discover that tick, tick, tick is one of the most valuable gifts you'll ever give. Contest chair.
0: So that was Kim Kaufman, and if you look at the... YouTube entry, it says from the brilliant wordsmith Kim Kaufman. Kim is an international award-winning public speaker, skilled in storytelling, social media, traditional media and marketing. It's uh, published by Confident Presenting, which I'm guessing is possibly her. So, Paul, what did you think of that speech? First of all, where, what? how did you think that that would have uh, placed... This was a semi-final speech, I should tell you that.
2: Well, uh, Mara, I'm at a little disadvantage because I have heard very few, in comparison with you, very few international final speeches. But my guess is that it probably didn't leave the semi-final. I I will be surprised if it was rated in the top ten speeches at the... Toastmasters International Convention. I'm a little surprised that it reached the semifinal, I have to admit. But to reach the semifinal, I think you have to win your district. So Correct. I have no idea what the standard was like. But there were a number of things about the speech that I think could be improved. And uh, one of them is the balance of the speech, which has got the very first phrase in the speech was, can you hear that? Which is a very engaging uh, way of starting a speech. Can you hear that? So I'm sitting there in an audience and the speaker is talking to me. Well, during the speech, the word I was used 28 times. And if I add together the word you and the word your, they together were used 13 times. So the word you was only used eight times during the entire speech, and the word I was used 28. Now, that I suggest to the speaker is something the speaker might like to have a look at in terms of rebalancing the speech in order to get. A better engagement with their audience. So that—that's my first point. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear that. Um,
2: my second point is that I have a—I'm at a serious disadvantage in saying anything um, more than that about the speech because I didn't see it. I just listened to the audio of it.
0: I appreciate that, and that is and- something we have to be cognizant on this show that we—we we don't. We're not able to see the body language. And there is, if you look at the, the YouTube video, there is a considerable amount of body language and movement around the stage.
2: Yes, and, and as far as I, the impression I have, and we've touched on this before on the show, uh, body language seems to be coming more and more important in the international speech contest, to the extent where some people I've spoken to have had the impression the body language seems to be more important than the content of the speech but that, that's an extreme view
0: yeah i i made just uh, two notes here It's a performance that was the first one and the second note was i don't feel her sincerity it was it was like yeah i am i'm telling you something special and uh, uh it wasn't I'm telling you something that's important. I'm telling you a story. It, it, it was a very contrived method of delivery. And that really put me off. And whilst I listened uh, to her message, and I can understand it, and it's, I, I quite like the message, I feel that the way she delivered it just turned me off. It, it, it distracted me.
2: Well... Also, for all we know, Kim may have been keeping her best speech for the final. I doubt that she would, in retrospect, consider this to be her best speech. But there's something about the originality that I want to flag up. Was that really an original speech? Did, was the key thrust of that speech original? Now, Yes, she was a TV reporter. Yes, she got married and neglected her husband. Yes, something happened. Yes, it was like on the road to Damascus and everything finished much better. And it had a bit of a look, audience, think about this for yourselves. I was saying to myself, there's nothing original in this. Now, I, it may or may not, it probably doesn't, I'm sure, offend the strict originality criteria that Toastmasters uses. But was there anything original in there? I'm afraid for me, no. But then again, I'm an old crusty warrior who's been <laughs> listening to ideas and reading them from all over the place. So maybe it was original.
0: I don't think that matters. I think what is what matters is that you are not actually plagiarizing other people's words after all there uh, yeah. there are only so many inspirational things that we can talk about and if you said that because somebody else has given a speech on time and the importance of time that, that you are not allowed therefore to give another speech on time it's her take on it
2: yes yes okay yeah. i yeah. i i completely agree with what you've said, and I think that's a very sensible way to look at it, to distinguish between plagiarism and something that simply isn't interesting enough. Yeah, exactly. Now, for me, sitting in an audience, and I'm not giving an evaluation of a <coughs> Toastmasters meeting, but I am saying to myself, it ain't interesting enough,
1: yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's let's finish there on that note, and we'll welcome you back to three when Paul is going to be talking about, well, talking about yourself. See you then. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4pm Dublin time. Check on our website irishtalkers.com for more information.